1: On DAB+, Plus, online, via the TalkSport app and on your smart speaker.
2: Women's Football Weekly with Faker Others on TalkSport 2, the only dedicated women's football show on UK national radio.
0: Welcome to Women's Football Weekly. It's an FA Cup special this week. It wasn't a masterclass, but Manchester City march on to the FA Cup semi-finals.
3: We showed great fight and right till the end, I think sometimes it's not about the pretty football, it's just about
0: getting the result and that's exactly what we did today. City winger Chloe Kelly there after they knocked out the lowest ranked team in the competition in Leicester City women. But the Midlands club have lots to look forward to with former England striker Emil Heskey as their new ambassador.
4: Great to be back and to giving my expertise and helping out a pathway for others to try and get to where I got to.
0: You'll find out a little bit more about former England and Arsenal right back turned presenter and pundit extraordinaire Alex Scott.
5: Mary J Blyde, Wembley Arena. Chicken salad, Beyonce. Do you know what? I love Jennifer Hudson.
0: You can decide what those answers might be all about later on. Plus, Willie Kirk's with us after his Everton side knocked out Chelsea to reach the last four of the FA Cup. This is Women's Football Weekly, National Radio's only dedicated women's football show.
1: Across the UK, online and on DAB Digital Radio.
3: Hi, I'm Georgia Stanway and you're listening to the Women's Football Weekly on TalkSpark2. Hello.
0: Happy Monday, or happy whatever day it is that you're listening to us on podcast. This is Women's Football Weekly. I have myself some very special studio guests today as well. It's Double Faye Trouble again. It's Faye White, former England and Arsenal captain. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Excellent. First time back in London. How is it feeling?
6: Yeah, a bit surreal, a bit quiet, isn't it, On the on the... Um, on the railway but yeah it's good to be back and get things moving again not
0: as quiet as i'd like it to be i have <laughs> to say rebecca myers sports journalist for the sunday times always a pleasure to see you it's
3: been a while it has good to be back last time i was on the show i was doing it from my bedroom covered in sort of pillows and with a big sign on the door saying please be quiet so this is much better
0: <laughs> <laughs> more comfortable but you know <laughs> there i would say than here but yeah probably this is more fun uh, right today we're asking you who are your Season nineteen twenty FA Cup winners and why. Get in touch, tweet us at TalkSport2. There are four semif- semi-finalists we know now after the weekend's quarter-finals. So Birmingham will play Everton on Wednesday at 7.15pm and Manchester City will play Arsenal on Thursday, also that kick-off, at 7.15pm. Now, we were going to start with Everton's result against Chelsea, but Willie Kirk could not join us until later on, so stay tuned. He will be with with you in around 15 minutes' time. Instead, we're going to start with the lowest-ranked team left in last season's competition, Leicester. Uh, It was Leicester 1, Manchester City 2. A soft penalty awarded after Georgia Stanway brought down in the box. Chloe Kelly scored it. Ellen White then put through Stanway, who... uh, lofted the ball over the top of Demi Lamborn's head. Leicester pulled a goal back after Millie Farrow was brought down in the box. And former Arsenal and Manchester United forward Charlie Devlin scored uh, from the spot. Let's hear from uh, some Manchester City reaction, shall we?
1: And to profit from it once more, it is Georgia Stanway. I'm
2: so proud of the team. It was a proper cup tie. and When I say team, I mean all of the players, even the players who did not get onto the pitch today, the likes of Lucy and Alex. Everyone has been uh really solid
5: great to get through to the
3: next round and i think we showed great fight and right till the end i think sometimes it's not about the pretty football it's just about getting the result and that's exactly what we did today
2: we just needed that third goal i think to to maybe settle the game and also kill them off a little bit but while it's always 2-0 you always have that moment you know i was a bit disappointed we gave the goal
4: away but like you say it gave us opportunities to show like our resilience
3: other weeks we'll perform how we want to perform but it's just about getting the results sometimes
0: so that was Chloe Kelly and manager Gareth Taylor there uh Manchester City not the best
6: performance but they scraped through in the end Faye um I think yeah they'll obviously have the experience haven't they and I'm sure for large parts of the game they were controlling it um but you it's always hard with a cup game and an underdog they uh you know they believe that that anything can happen on that day they can make it hard for the, uh, the opponent kind of you know um wear them out and uh, could just cause them issues then you, you never know you can always get that you know breakaway goal or whatever and Leicester obviously were clinging in there but um I think it was a you know maybe not the, the big scores that we have seen in the league but I think Man, Man City just are very good at getting the job done but that's credit to Leicester, isn't
0: it, Rebecca? Because, you know, perhaps last season, I mean, in, in fairness, this is a new Leicester City team than the one that would have played in the FA Cup quarterfinal in season 2019-20, because um, this is last season's FA Cup. It
3: blows my mind every time <laughs> I talk about it. Um, but they did so well. Yeah, I, I honestly, like, as soon as um, I knew we were going to discuss this, Like my first thought really about all of this has been who'd have thought it. Even a year ago, even a few months ago, and, and it's such a credit to Leicester. It's one of those scorelines I really hope they come away from and feel proud of. I know that's not easy when, you know, something so exciting was sort of within grasping distance, but it's such an exciting time for them, and I know we'll come on to some more of that later. Um, but yeah, what what time to be part of Leicester, what a time to watch them play, and, and I really don't think we would ever have expected that. Um, to go up against man city who really are you know among the most confident teams in the country you know consistently across the board um, and to have a result like this yeah let's have a listen to uh leicester's millie farrow
0: and their manager jo- jonathan morgan
4: he's yeah! really proud so proud of not
2: just the starting 11 and the subs proud of the whole squad with the way they um, the way they supported each other stood by
4: each other today i think that really came out on the pitch. You see that we, we fought to the end.
3: So yeah, we, we came out second half, hoping to get something out of it, and obviously, well, I felt
6: we were unlucky with 2-1 defeat. Uh-huh. We
4: did our homework. We we sort of realised where we felt that it could be a bit more vulnerable, which is not many places. Um, but I'm really pleased with the guys because they executed that today.
6: It's different circumstances, but I think from that
3: performance, obviously, we we want to get promoted this season, and. Um, for us to lose 2-1 to Man City and be disappointed with that result, is it says a lot. Millie Farrow
0: and manager Jonathan Morgan there, and it does say a lot, doesn't it, for them to be disappointed with that result. Um, from a Leicester perspective, though, they must be really pleased with it, but they played on their 4G pitch, which might perhaps have had something to do with Manchester City not playing their usual brand of football fame.
6: Yeah, I think um, those types of pitches are always, uh, you, know, play, you know, not players' favourites. Um, so, I mean, going it's always hard when you're going away to a, a lower club because everyone, you know, with the expectations on Man City and to perform to really, you know, put them away. But like I said, an underdog or someone with their, their, certainly their ambition over the next few years, hopefully to get themselves into the into the top league and, you know, but yeah, credit to them to have that kind of close scoreline. But yeah, those pitches were never fun to play on and adjust to when you haven't been training or playing on them for weeks or months. So. Yeah, how difficult is it? I mean, and how much of a difference is well, it, it? It can just affect you the way that you obviously tackle, um, but also sometimes the run of the ball, it, the way it stands up. Or, um, but I did see uh, um, Stanway's goal. <laughs> it didn't affect her then, that lob over, did it? But, Does um, anything ever affect her? No, she's, she's superb. Yeah, she is, and she's doing well because she's like, kind of leading the line, isn't she, in that main striker role. So... Um, but, yeah, the pitches, um, they're never great to, to play on. And I think now um, top leagues will always you know, expect to have big grass, really. Yeah. So,
0: from a Manchester City perspective, though, Rebecca, not quite the performance that they would usually expect, perhaps. Are we going to expect a better performance
3: when they face Arsenal in the semi final? i should have thought so and i I think also they'll come into that that's a familiar setup for them it's a good you know established rivalry i think they'll come into that all guns blazing ready to go Yeah, none of these pitch problems as well. Um, But I do think in general, we sort of haven't quite seen City warm up yet. There's a sense that they haven't quite got going. It hasn't quite clicked in for them this season yet. Obviously, there are multiple reasons for that and not least of all COVID and and the kind of general bizarreness of playing your FA Cup at this time and and all of that stuff. But I think in the next few weeks, will be interesting to see if they really can just switch it on, just kick it up a gear, get it back to what we know they can do, really.
0: When are we going to see Rose Lavelle? Because we were talking out in the corridor, weren't we? Sam Mewis and Rose Lavelle have come over, of course, USA World Cup winners, but we haven't seen Rose yet.
3: Yes, I'm so excited. I actually have to say that is the that is this real signing. And I think partly from seeing Rose in the World Cup final and, and throughout the World Cup just being, she was just one of my favourite players. And when I heard that, I just thought, Oh, imagine being able to just you know go to a pitch in England and see her, that would be enormous but yeah she hasn't yet, like you said it's sort of this constant teaser of, of a player like that but I would hope it would be soon I'd hope certainly if they are having a slight, sort of slow start they might wheel her out at some point in the next couple of weeks and, um, and, and kick start it all um, We will be hearing more about Leicester City women by the way later
0: on because I sat down with their new ambassador, uh, former England striker Emil Heskey so we'll discuss what lies ahead for them, an exciting future. Of course uh, the future for manchester city they know it already they knew who awaited them in the semi-finals because 14-time fa cup winners arsenal had beaten north london rivals tottenham 4-0 on the saturday uh, it was a Lisa evans hat trick uh, which was arsenal's third hat trick in three games uh, jordan knobs also on the on the score sheet that was a pretty special goal as well faye white what did you make of joe montemuro's arsenal
6: I think overall they've kind of this FA Cup game carried on like they they did for the first two games in the WSL. But But um, I think Tottenham made them work and did. You know um, I know they were very proud of their performance up to that seventy odd minutes. But to then make the mistake that led to Jordan, you know, exquisitely, you know, putting that shot away or that lob away. Um, I think they have looked quite you know good on form. He's brought he brought. There's a lot of talk about they haven't really made the big, major name signings like, um, obviously, big internationals, but not, you know, the Americans like other teams have. And But they did their business earlier and in key positions, which they knew, they had to kind of, you know, um, well, the fact that Lisa Evans got to go up front, she's got a hat trick, you know, because she has been filling in at fullback, hasn't she? So. Um I think they've they, they're they certainly determined because they're not in the Champions League now next year that you know, that whole way the whole league was finished, et cetera, is I'm sure fired them up and this cup will be one that you know, they've got good history in it and will be one that certainly on their performance, they look in fine form. So I think Spurs though, credit to them. Really good the way they set up in the first half and you know, frustrated, um Arsenal but also took the game to them at times but I think that's that difference isn't it when the latter stages come and those key little mistakes that teams like Arsenal will punish um, you know Spurs and you know the poor ball across that Jordan cut out and then put away brilliantly and then, then the kind of gates opened didn't they but they do look in good form
0: Yeah. And you know what? I'm an idiot because I set this show up today and Jordan Nobbs was on a Sunday session on our sister station Talk Sport with Sam Matterface yesterday. And I heard her talking about that goal and I could have got the audio for you to listen to it, but I just forgot about it, which is very silly. But anyway, I'm sure at some point soon we will bring you more Jordan Nobbs spectaculars um, and she can talk you through them. Uh, But from a Tottenham point of view, no Alex Morgan, obviously on the bench, wrapped up warm, very different from the Orlando sunshine. It's perhaps going to take her a little bit of time she's obviously another uh usa world cup winner who's come over really big coup for tottenham to to sign her but she had a baby in may so it's going to take her a little while to get her fitness back she's not played for a year or so but what kind of difference could she have made i mean it's coulda woulda shoulda isn't isn't it but what could she have done differently
3: i mean i think Just even her presence is is a star. It's easy to look at that game and think, well, what could she have personally brought to it? But like you said, it's all mitigated by the fact that she hasn't actually really played in the best part of a year because of being out having... Um, having her baby. So I think just even though bringing her into the squad, just bringing her onto the bench, just saying to the players who've been in that squad and, and to the management, to the whole staff, who've worked so hard to bring that club to where it is to say, we've just signed, you know, the biggest name of, of any of the signings this summer, one of the biggest players in the entire world. It's huge what that will do. And I think um, a couple of the players have spoken about this in the press in recent days, but what that will do to morale across the squad is absolutely huge. And I also wanted to give a shout out as well um, as a sort of side note to to Alana Kennedy, who I thought was phenomenal. Mm. And I think she's been kind of lost in the Alex Morgan press, understandably, um, because Alex is such a big name, but she was a big part of the reason that Alex agreed to come a, come across as well, as, as far as we understand it. Um, also from Orlando Pride, and she just read the game so well, and she just played it. She, she completely broke down um, the play that Arsenal had. She was just absolutely phenomenal. And I think she was the difference for them between what i already think was a difficult scoreline, line but what could have been an eight you know an 8-0 mm. kind of a- arsenal classic at the moment well that's
0: interesting you say that because uh, patience and rhythm paid off was what joe montemuro the arsenal manager said karen hills talked about the impact of alex morgan being on the bench and how important you know that, that was obviously spurs co-manager um but i had heard i mean i watched snippets of this game because i was um, a- a- another game on saturday um but I heard it was a bit of a flattering scoreline from Arsenal's point of view.
3: I thought so, yeah. And, I mean, it isn't in the sense that Arsenal are, you know, consistently producing outrageously big scorelines. You know, they, they are ruthless. And when it mattered, they were just clinical. You blinked, you missed another goal. You blinked, they'd done something else. Like, they were brilliant once they'd opened that, you know, account. But actually... You know, Spurs didn't deserve to come away from that with a 4-0 loss, as it were. They That did not reflect how well they had performed, I thought. I thought they were phenomenal. And I thought, I hope they come away from that and, and really feel, you know of themselves.
0: Absolutely. You're listening to Women's Football Weekly on Talk Sport 2 with double Faye Trouble. I'm Faker Others, joined by former England captain Faye White and Rebecca Myers from the Sunday Times. Women's Football Weekly is the only show on national radio dedicated to women's football. We're here every Monday 6 till 7pm bringing you all you need to know in the game. If you do miss any or you want to listen again we're available on podcast. You can download us and subscribe on Apple and Spotify products. Next up we're going to hear from Everton manager Willie Kirk on knocking out Chelsea and their stunning season so far.
5: Women's Football Weekly
0: with Faye Carruthers. Hi, I'm Jordan Nobbs and you're listening to Women's Football Weekly on TalkSport 2. This is Women's Football Weekly on TalkSport 2. I'm Faye Carruthers and I'm with former Lionesses Captain Faye White and Rebecca Myers from The Times and Sunday Times. Uh, So today we're asking... Who are your 2019-20 FA Cup winners? This is, of course, last season's FA Cup. And why? Get in touch. Tweet us at TalkSport2, which is exactly what Natalie has done. She says Birmingham because Carla Ward is the best manager. Well, I think Everton might have something to say about that because they are Birmingham's semi-final opponents after they beat Chelsea 2-1 on Sunday. Chelsea heavy favourites going into this one, but Everton recovered from conceding a goal in the fourth minute to earn a place in the last last four. They played at Goodison Park which was fantastic. Aaron Cuthbert's low drive putting Chelsea ahead. They had a few chances after that but Everton grew into the game. Um, Izzy Christensen breaking Chelsea's midfield starting a move that ended with Lucy Graham's diving header finding the back of the net. Sandy McIver was excellent in the Everton goal and substitute Valerie Govang got the eventual winner on 63 minutes and they saw out the game. Now, who better to talk to about this than the winning manager himself, Willie Kirk who joins us now. Willie, congratulations Congratulations. How are the celebrations?
2: Yeah, thanks, Faith. Yeah, listen, the celebrations had to be muted because we've also got the semi-final on Wednesday, so there wasn't really too much time to enjoy it, but we uh, were back in today to recover and uh, train tomorrow to prepare for, for Wednesday.
0: How tough is that with such a short turnaround?
2: You know what? It was either a semi-final or a day off. So <laughs> I think if you ask the players, they would take the semi-final of the day of the week. So... Uh, yeah, we want more games in, in the Women's League. Uh, so when we get three game weeks and consecutive three game weeks at that because Continental Cup starts next week, uh, it's not something that I think you'll find the players complaining about. And, and the staff's just as happy to, to you know, prepare, recover, prepare, recover, and so on and so forth. So, no, it's great.
6: Hi, Willie. It's Faye White here. Hi, Faye. Hi. I just was um, obviously this season or over the the lockdown, you've you've really added some real quality internationals to your team. Um, obviously, are you, are you getting a lot more support off the field, um, or is this like just the intent and that the club have now to get themselves back to the top?
2: Yeah, the the, the club always said they were ambitious, uh, you know, and they had ambitious plans to move forward, uh, which I was delighted to to be part of that and it was one of the main reasons that I joined uh, we're probably ahead of the curve you know in terms of the of players that we're now attracting and that was probably because of the extra investment we secured uh, just before before the lockdown so yeah the club have backed me massively and and hopefully I can repay them by by putting a team on the pitch that can compete with the, with the big teams
3: well, hi, it's, it's Rebecca Myers here. Um, hi, I just wondered if you could speak to us a bit about Sandy McIver. I was just absolutely blown away, and I think I wasn't on match report duty that day, but had I been, she she really would have been my style player of the match. What a performance.
2: She was fantastic. You know, she, for me, she looked like England's number one yesterday. Uh, I think she's a terrific talent, but she's also got so much untapped potential. Uh, you know, she's probably only half the keeper she's going to be. She's great with her feet, uh, she's quick off her line. She controls the space behind the back line very well. She's a good character. She's level-headed, uh, and she's a hard worker. So, yeah, she had a top, a top uh, performance yesterday, just like everybody else on the pitch. But obviously, you know, when you you beat a big team, you're going to be under under pressure for large parts of the game. And, and Sandy obviously shone your those those periods of the game.
0: Another player that's shown as well, Willie, um, was Izzy Christensen. Of course, she's back in the England fold as well. Sandy um, brought into the squad for the recent training camp. But how key is Izzy Christensen going to be for your WSL season?
2: Huge for us because she's been there and done it. She's won trophies. Uh, she's been to Wembley. You know, So all those things that we're trying to achieve as a club, as he's already done as a player, uh, she's done it at Lyon, she's done it at Man City. So, you know, that was important. It was a massive signing for us last January. We obviously never managed to get her on the pitch before the lockdown, but it, it felt, really did feel like, a, her and Hailey Rassos, to be honest, felt like additional summer signings, even though they were signed six months previously. So, yeah, Izzy's, Izzy's a big influence in the squad, and uh, and you could see from her display yesterday, she had a large, a large say in us clawing her way back into the game, because the start of the game certainly was not a performance that we were happy
0: with. Yeah, but I mean, going, going behind after four minutes and then coming back the way you did shows incredible grit. And actually, you know, we talked on Women's Football Weekly with you last season about how, you know, the top three tend to get mentioned in all quarters all the time, Arsenal, Manchester City and Chelsea. But actually, you deserve to be spoken about in terms of fighting for one of those top three spaces.
2: Yeah, I hope so. We've also started the WSL season well, uh, but we needed that result yesterday. We, you know, we needed the players need it in terms of to have that self belief and a little bit of proof that on our day we can compete with the top teams. And if we can do that, you know, and it's not just a one off. Uh, you know, we can challenge for the top three. I feel in the WSL. But as well as that, you know, hopefully go to Wembley. Although it'll be a big, it'll be a big game in front of us on Wednesday. And hopefully, if we do go to Wembley, we, we go on to lift the trophy.
6: Yeah, I think um, that's half of the battle, isn't it? You can have a good group of players but you got to kind of mould them um, and get them you know, cohesive but also get them believing, isn't it? And when they get that kind of big, what they see as that big coup early on and like you say, if you can get your, all the way to the final that really could change the mentality of your, your change room, couldn't it?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you've seen it for Arsenal, you know, with successful Arsenal teams. You know, that first trophy was really important and then probably going through transitions at Arsenal where there was bits of rebuilding going on. Again, with a new group of players, the first trophy was always important. So up until yesterday, it was just me telling them they could compete. Uh, so so they really did need that, that proof themselves, I think, to give them that belief to go on and, and hopefully do it on a, a week-to-week basis now. Did
0: it help playing at Goodison Park?
2: Absolutely. Uh, the players were asked that opportunity to move it to Goodison Park. And, and a number of the players immediately asked yes and immediately said it'll help us beat them. So that was that was obviously uh, proven yesterday that, that it was a big boost for us. Uh, this stadium with a lot of history and a lot of FA Cup history as well. So uh, we, we, we're glad to play a part there before before we leave it in a couple of years' time. So
0: your opponents on Wednesday, Birmingham City, going through on penalties, beating Brighton. What do you make of them?
2: Yeah, we're under no illusions. You know that Birmingham will be happier playing us in the real Chelsea you know the, the the public perception is that Chelsea's a better team than ever and and we're not going to disprove that on the back of one game so Birmingham will get a lift from the fact that we went through uh, they'll feel that it gives them a greater opportunity to get to the final and, and we likewise we feel obviously the draw could have been a lot harder uh, without being disrespectful to them because it could have been Arsenal or Man City uh, but but we we expect a tough game you know, Carla's only just getting her feet under the table and you can see the improvements every game in their performances. So I'm sure they'll they'll up it again on Wednesday and, and it'll be, you know, it'll be a tough game and, and we'll need to make sure we're, we're on it for the full 90 minutes uh, to get through to the final.
0: Just finally, and I know you always have your feet firmly planted on the ground, but is there a little part of you dreaming of Wembley already?
2: No, no I don't think so. I think a number of people have mentioned it to me. Uh, family, friends... Uh, people at the club, and I, I've not really thought about it once. Uh, there's more chance of me probably thinking about Aston Villa on Saturday <laughs> than there is than there is Wembley on the on the first of November because the games are coming thick and fast because of such a quick turnaround. I've already I've probably done more prep for the Villa game than I have for the Birmingham game so far, so that is tonight's task. So not all eyes are firmly on on the next couple of games.
0: Excellent stuff. Willie Kirk, uh, Everton manager, congratulations again. Thanks for joining us on Women's Football Weekly. Good luck on Wednesday as well.
2: Thanks, Willie. Brilliant.
0: Speak Brilliant. Uh, Willie Kirk there talking to us after yesterday's 2-1 win over Chelsea to get through to the semi-finals of uh, the Vitality FA Cup. Very exciting times for for Everton at the moment. Um, their opponents will be Birmingham. Uh, they played out a 2 all draw with Brighton and eventually won 4-2 on penalties. So Birmingham opening the scoring through Sarah Mailing, Daniel Bowman uh, bringing Brighton level, but Birmingham going ahead again in the second half via Millie Green. Uh, Deniso O'Sullivan, though, scoring at the death to take it to extra time. Goalless in extra time, so penalties it was, and unfortunately for Kay- Kayleigh Green and Megan Connolly, uh, they were the Brighton players that missed their spot kicks. What do you make of uh,
6: Brighton against Everton, Faye White? Yeah, well, I think um, I think Birmingham were desperate to overturn the uh, the loss against Brighton, brighton earlier in the season or a couple of weeks ago in the WSL so um but i think it's good character that obviously they took the lead didn't they twice but uh, then you know let that slip away but to keep their heads for for the penalties and um, and i think they've you know they have had a big change haven't they over the you know this lockdown and the, the new window um lost a few players but and you know brought in a few scottish you know, established and quite experienced players. But I think they are going to struggle um, in the league this year. But certainly, you know, this is a massive carrot, isn't it, for them? Like, even Willie admitted, you know, the fact that they'll be looking to play Everton instead of Chelsea. That's a a big thing that will lift them too. And uh, you never know in cup games, which is the the pure delight of the FA Cup, isn't it? But I think, you know, Willie's certainly his team should have enough. Um, But... Um, they they certainly did well to keep get the win eventually but um yeah i think they'll have a bit of a tough task generally this season but mm. birmingham fans though rebecca very excited about carl award and, and and optimistic
3: yeah and every reason to be i mean look at look at how they've done so far and and i'm really pleased to see this because i know that we spent a lot of last season talking about how much of a difficult patch they were going through it looked like a really um you know well tough few months so it, recently and, and there was no kind of guarantee that they would rally and they would find that I imagine they have to dig probably quite deep to have found the kind of get up and go attitude but something like this as faye said huge carrot um real you know moment for them to then move forward with even if they come out of this and they've only got through to the semi-finals you know that's that's pretty good and, and i hope they take that into their into their league games and, and really run with that as a sign of, of how confident they should be um and and like um willie said on the, on the phone there just constantly improving you know this is still a new setup to an extent and then they've got so much more um potential ahead of them so i'm excited for them I, I think it could be a good year
0: so before i wrap up the fa cup chat i'm just going to ask you both very quickly exactly what i've been asking everybody else listening to women's football weekly
6: who for you is your fa cup winner faye white oh you made me go first um yeah, sorry well with the teams left in i, I you know don't always want to just go with the the arsenal side You're but just the way they, they they've started um if they can get back past man city because they are their um kind of um oh, yeah, bogey just team. bogey team and <laughs> sometimes you know if the, but if they can and p- perform like they have then they certainly out of the four look the uh the strongest so far and the with the potential goal winners Gone then, worries. Rebecca. I, I, yeah,
3: I agree. I mean, they're the, they're the favourites, aren't they? But I'd love to see Everton do really well. I think that I just I think they're such an exciting team right now. And and yeah, fingers crossed for them. But Arsenal, especially after seeing them play at the weekend, it, let's not forget how pinnacle they are. They're just head and shoulders above the rest in terms of confidence at the moment. And and with Man City in current sort of maybe not perfect form, I think they could clinch it. As the host, I am going to sit on the fence and get myself some <laughs>
0: splinters. Uh, you're listening to Women's Football Weekly on Talk Sport 2. I'm Faker Others. Former England captain Faye White and Rebecca Myers from the Sunday Times are with me. If you miss any of the show, you can catch up by downloading and subscribing to our podcast, which is available through Apple and Spotify products. Just search Talk Sport Women's Football Weekly. Uh, coming up, you're going to hear from former England striker Emil Heskey on his new role at Leicester City Women on the only dedicated national radio show for women's football.
5: Women's Football Weekly with Faker Others.
0: Hi, I'm Leah
5: Williamson from Arsenal Women and you can follow the WSL on TalkSport 2.
1: Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down.
0: As the voiceover lady said, you are listening to Women's Football Weekly on Talk Sport 2 the UK's only national radio show dedicated to women's football. I'm Faker Carruthers and I'm with former Arsenal and Lionesses captain Faye White and Sunday Times journalist Rebecca Myers. Uh, right, so last week I went up to championship side Leicester City women. were bought by King Power International last month, so they're now under the ownership of Premier League side Leicester City. They're in the process of transitioning to a full-time professional team and announced that former Leicester and England striker Emil Heskey is their new ambassador. And we'll be talking to Jonathan Morgan, the manager there, and all of the players and everybody behind the scenes associated with uh, Leicester City women uh, to see how he can help them in their transition. I sat down and had a chat with him.
4: I can't say that I watched a lot of women's, but I did watch some women's football um, I was talking it's funny when you when you think back and you start talking about it go far as back as Doncaster Bells being the best the best team at the time but yeah so it's nice to get involved now and uh, to be around the football team that I started off at you know being in these environments from the age of nine and uh, now very old but um, but great to be back and, and to give my expertise and helping out uh, a pathway for for others to try and get to where I got to
0: how important do you think is it is it to have somebody a a former player of your profile to be supporting a women's team
4: I hope it's it's great I I hope it's very important um it obviously it depends on how the how the the lady the girls take to you but um, I hope it's great because again with my expertise and what I've gone through and what I've done hopefully I can give back to them and, and get them to understand what, I've, what, what, what they can be going through and be there to be, to be lent on if they need any help. Within this
0: what kind of things are you expecting that that, that they 'll need your guidance on
4: Um, the ups, you have so many ups and downs within football, I guess um, it's just them sort of things that you know, and then as well i'll be hopefully i uh, 'll be doing a bit of coaching, so i 'm guessing the strikers will want to be leaning on me for uh, a little bit of help on there and uh, movement uh, different things like that so i 'm guessing that sort of stuff will be the main thing
0: the Aston Villa model, you must have seen what they did last season mm-hmm,
4: mm-hmm. Look, I think Annie's done a, a wonderful job um uh, in in getting Aston Villa to where they are because again another big club as well. Um a lot of pressure on them because like you're saying spending the money, uh, becoming professional, uh, everyone's everyone's got their eyes on them. Um yeah, we can look at theirs, but again we want to we want to form our own uh, we want to be looking at local talent on and, and trying to build a pathway for local talent to be uh, as prosperous as possible, and that's one one of the things that I, I I'm going to be getting involved in. Russ and Ross Fraser and Jade uh, Morgan. That's uh, the other other part of it. They they're going to be organising that and looking after the the day to day as well.
0: And that's going to be crucial, isn't it? In the field, but particularly in this kind of pandemic times as well, to to find your own talent.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah, hundred percent. The end of the day, you don't want to be you want a sustainable model, um, and you don't want to be buying. I'm not saying you don't you don't buy, but you don't want to be buying too many players um we look at uh, i think it's chelsea and play and teams like that being able to buy which is great and, and i don't you know it, it is what it is they they're able to do that and it's a great model for them but it would be great if you could uh, build bring some younger talent through especially local um like i said i started here at nine played in the first team at 17 so yeah something like that
0: how confident are you with the backing of Leicester City Football Club, that Leicester City Women can go and get promotion to, to the
4: WSL. I think you know what you just got to take it one step at a time and look at challenging. Um, I know you said us and Sheffield United. You still got Durham. You still got Liverpool, who um, who arguably have probably got a, a tougher a tougher task in in a sense of um, with their women with their uh, men's team winning the actual league and then uh, them getting relegated. They want to they want to put things right. Um, but yeah, so it, there's there's more than more than the two teams wanting to fight for that. But it'd be just great to be up there and and, and battling and keeping the progression going.
0: Is that something you feel like Leicester can show some other clubs who perhaps? have had bad public publicity and not done it necessarily the right way if you like do you think that's something that, that
4: well we don't look at others to be honest with we really want to look at ourselves and just keep our uh, keep our progression going and um like i said the morgan family have done a wonderful job in getting them to where they are and giving them giving them that uh, that springboard to, for now leicester to to ho- hopefully take them to 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 another level
0: well straight batted Emil Heskey should be in the England cricket team rather than a former England uh, striker instead that was former Leicester and England striker Emil Heskey talking to me there uh, as he gets involved with Leicester City women um now what was really fascinating for me I didn't really know I'll be completely honest um and we are going to do a focus piece on Leicester City in the next few weeks I didn't quite realize um Exactly the family connection that was going on there because Holly Morgan, who's uh, Leicester City's captain, um, started playing for for Leicester when she was about nine years old, same as um, Emile. And her dad, Rohan, got involved and became chairman. Um, Her brother is the manager and their other sister, Jade is the general manager. It's a real proper family dynasty at Leicester and they're driving this uh, this on. And when I spoke to Jonathan, actually, he said that the talks with the King Power Group had been ongoing for the past couple of years. They've wanted to be in the, in the fold and we've seen what a massive difference it makes to so many clubs when they are looked after, rightly or wrongly, because some people do not like this progression that's happening within women's football but when a Premier League club does become involved and the support and the structure is there and this one club family sometimes is is there it makes a really big difference but you know uh, what, what do you make of of what's going on at Leicester at the minute Rebecca Myers
3: I'm really impressed I'm really impressed I'm really excited I'm so happy to see Husky getting involved like this and I read a great quote from him about kind of how it had happened and he basically been approached and his attitude was yeah why not sounds great and I love that and I think it's very reminiscent of of the way Ian Wright's really become a massive um, ambassador for women's football is why wouldn't I want to be it's you know it's another part of of football that we can enjoy it's another team to support um, so I've, I'm really impressed I'm really excited um, about the way it's going to go and, and I love that um, that sort of marrying, I guess, the grassroots setup and the setup that's always been there, and the real really important. traditional women's football, mm. and even Heskey saying about Donny Bells, that's amazing. That shows a real knowledge of the traditions and the heritage, while also being progressive and thinking, how can we get the best resources? How can we get the best facilities? How can we move forward?
0: Mm. Faye White, you obviously, um, after retirement, spent a long time at, at Arsenal. What kind of stuff are you able, as a former uh, player that the, the, that the younger players look up to, what are you able to talk to them about and advice you can give them?
6: Um, I think it's just, um, like Emil said, all the off the field um, things that do happen that when you're a young player, you don't think it's going to, you know, you think the the route to the top is easy and, and, you know, um, if you can progress quickly, um, but it doesn't always happen like that. And... There's, you know, things with injuries, things with not being selected, um, things with maybe not always getting on with teammates. There's so many different things that, as a footballer, um, things can just go round and round in your own head. And sometimes you just need, sometimes not even the coach, because the coach, you then worry that if you show a weakness or or if you suggest something, you know, that you're not coping or, you know, whatever. So it's a good idea to have someone of, like, his experience or a former player's experience who you know that has been there, done it, has gone through, you know some similar things yes it's in the men's game but equally with that how did you know how men handle the pressure you know of the expectation of fans and the money and you know things that it, 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 i think it's only for me like when you've got a coach or someone involved who's actually been there done that it can always just give you that extra you know um you know really listening to them and and under you know, knowing that they're going to understand because they've been there so it's not just someone telling you because that's what they think you should hear or that's the way that you should you know behave to get to the top or whatever but when someone's actually done it and a good professional like he is or he was um as a player and and like you say I think when he was talking about the Morgan family that for me, having a, a, someone uh, kind of core people like that who have a passion for the game, uh, that is really going to help drive that club on because I obviously saw that at Arsenal when I first joined um Vic Acres and, you know, just the things that some, you have to do in women's football, um, at, you know, at lower levels um, that, you know, everyone comes into the game now wanting to d- just be like, you know, the coach who doesn't have to carry the balls or pump them up or, you know, something like that. But there's so many different roles um and things in women's football that kind of have to get done. And you have to pull together as a collective. And yes, it's getting more professional and it's moving in the right direction. But yeah, I do really believe that, that that core passion, you know, people behind it really driving it on. They love it. That's important to keep. And he also said about trying to unearth young talent and get, you know, from the area. And that's a really good thing to hear because we don't, yes, we love the all these stars coming into the game, but we really don't want to, you know, be to the detriment of our young grassroots young players who have that dream who want to play for the top teams and it's, it's really important that I think clubs have that model and that, that right way as well
0: yeah, really important. And actually, I was very impressed with the setup at Leicester when I went there last week. Um, Russ Fraser, who's the head of women's football as well, he's been at West Ham previously, Reading as well, and you know knows women's football inside out. And that's really important in this transition into being a fully professional team. I'm really excited to see exactly what they can do. Uh, this is Women's Football Weekly on Talksport Two. I'm Faye Carruthers. I'm with former England captain Faye White and Rebecca Myers from the Sunday Times. Uh, don't forget, if you do miss any of the show, you can either catch up by downloading the Talk sport app, or by subscribing to our podcast on Apple and Spotify products. Uh, now, how do you fancy getting to know former England and Arsenal defender Alex Scott? That's next.
1: Across the UK, online and on DAB Digital Radio.
6: Hi, I'm Gemma Bonner and you're listening to Women's Football Weekly on TalkSport 2.
0: You're listening to Women's Football Weekly on TalkSport 2. I'm Faye Carruthers and I'm with former England and Arsenal captain Faye White and Rebecca Myers. From the Sunday Times. So the new season is underway. That means that Women's Football Weekly is back in its regular 6 till 7 pm slot every Monday night on Talk Sport 2. And we also have a new regular feature that we want you to get involved in. So every week we're going to pick a person, a club, or an event from the world of women's football to shine our spotlight on, or perhaps a player we want to get to know a little bit better. But we want you to come up with some suggestions of whose story you'd like to hear. So is there a player, a coach, or a team, either past or present, You'd like to know a little bit more about? If so, tweet us at Talksport 2 or at FakerOthers or email on Women's Football weekly at Talksport.co.uk and we'll see what we can do. Uh, this week, though, we're getting to know someone Faye White knows quite well already former Arsenal and England defender turned presenter and pundit Alex Scott.
5: Getting to know you, getting to know all about. You've had a a long and distinguished career as a footballer. Can you just briefly tell us how you got started? It seems so long ago, wow. (laughs) So, yeah, I think everyone, I got spotted when I was eight. Um, I signed for Arsenal when I was eight, I should say, which then they became my family. It became my home um, and everyone, even now, they're still on that journey with me. I will never forget the first people that ever took me to Arsenal, um, to the people that saw me grow up around Highbury, to the training ground. You know, even though I've transitioned into this career in broadcasting, you know, they're still on my journey with me. I keep everyone around me because they've been such positive people in my life. And any particular role models that you watched as you were developing your playing career? Yeah, I think everyone knows that I love Ian Wright Um, from Highbury. For me, the person on the pitch, what I loved about Wrighty was I saw someone who was just in love with the game. You know, you saw his big, massive, infectious smile and it was just like... I can't believe I'm playing football. I'm here, like, I get to do this. And I think I had that same mentality from where I grew up that I can't believe I'm playing for Arsenal. I get to play for England, you know. It's just so infectious. And I think that I just love seeing when people show that they're so passionate about something. What was the particular skill you thought that he brought to the pitch, Ian Wright? His energy, his enthusiasm, his love. Um... And I think actually the bit of... Because I always had... You know when, people, when I played for England, everyone you say, oh, you know you're going to be a starting player. You're a favourite. You're this. And I was like, actually, no. I had this fear that every time I put on an England shirt that that was going to be my last game. Like it was going to be taken away from me, which made me know that every game i gave it 120 percent because i still had that bit in me that this could be my last like suppose they think i'm not good enough you know and i think that was the same with righty he came into the game late and you could see it was like every game mattered that's actually really nice segue into my next question about obstacles because i think with each ambassador of vitality they've had to face some sort of obstacle with jessica and his very much about pregnancy which we should be able to achieve that top level again uh, Johnny Wilkinson talks about mental health and that, how he impacted his career and why he's so passionate about it. What for you, for your footballing career, what obstacles did you have to face and overcome? I think from early on, I had a lot of coaches that didn't, they didn't believe in me. I was never the one that was supposed to go on and make it you know and I took on that and you can either have a mindset of okay that's what they've said or actually I'm going to prove you wrong and that's the mindset I was like no I'm too scared I, I, I want this you know it's my dreams I'm not going to let it go so I found a way to prove people wrong and carry on working hard um but like I said, it goes back to that fear factor. Even though I was still playing for England, it was like every game I was like, oh no, that person might think I'm not good. I need to prove that person wrong. There's always this burning desire. Um, and I think that stayed with me, even in my broadcasting career. You know, I think we've all seen from social media and everything, I always have this thing that, no, I need to prove to people that I deserve to be here. I've worked hard to be here. And so it, it doesn't go away. One word answers if you can. First game you attended at Highbury, Favourite ground to play and to visit? Wembley. First sporting hero? Ian Wright. One player you'd love to meet? Oh, I've met him, Messi. Most famous name in your phone book? Ooh. That's a hard one. Do you know what? I'm going to keep with my friend, Dizzy Rascal. Nice one. Uh, First gig? Mary J. Blige, Wembley Arena. Bush. (laughs) Last meal you made? Oh, Boros, a chicken salad. (laughs) Favorite band or musician? Beyonce. Biggest fear? To you know what? I don't know. It's always, for me, oh, I can't do this in one sentence. But I think what's always driven me to get to where I am is the fear of going back to where I was on my cancer estate. Not that it's a bad thing, but you know, it just, I wanted to see the world. Tea or coffee? Tea. <laughs> Last book you read? <gasps> Untamed. Amazing. Who's that by? Uh, Glennon Doyle who would you who would you want to play you in a biopic do you know what I love Jennifer Hudson Jennifer Hudson Uh, last one last time you cried for normal people that show cried every single episode like a baby (laughs) don't even know why
0: Scott, former Arsenal and England defender and vitality ambassador speaking to TalkSports Anne-Marie Batson. Don't know why I cried every episode as well. If you didn't, you're too hard. That's what I would say. Uh, listen, we are fast running out of time. I just want to very quickly speak to Rebecca
3: Myers about the Sports Women of the Year of the Sunday Times. What's going on? Yes, so we have just closed nominations so thank you everyone who sent in nominations for your Sporting Heroes of the Year. Obviously a bit of a different year this year doesn't really look like it usually did and we've got slightly less sporting occasions to celebrate but we've opened up three grassroots awards this year so rather than just our usual one flagship grassroots award we're going to do um three so we've got a young inspiration and an influencer award for people who kept us active during lockdown and voting will open in two weeks so we're really keen keep an eye out hashtag swatty search on social media and sportswoman of the and keep an eye out because when voting opens we need your help to find our sportswomen of the year
0: certainly we do very much looking forward to that it's always been a pleasure having you in the studio faye white thank you so much for being with us um Actually, we'll talk to you a little bit more next time. We had so much crammed into this show. Didn't get to actually properly catch up with you. But um, let's do it again soon. Thanks for coming. No problem. Love to. Rebecca Myers, always a pleasure. We shall Lovely see to you be, soon yeah. and talk more SWOtty I'm sure. Um, Pleasure to have all of you with us here on Women's Football Weekly. Next week, it's Tottenham captain Jenna Scalacci with us. Any questions for us during the week, email at womensfootballweekly at talksport.co.uk. Tweet us at TalkSport2 or at Others. And as ever, if you miss any of the show or want to listen back to any of our lockdown specials, you can download the Women's Football Weekly podcast on Apple and Spotify products.
5: Women's Football Weekly with
1: Faker Others on TalkSport2.